Welcome to the Hope Hotline. We're a little late, but better late than never. It's all good. We just had to get some uh, things situated and um, last minute things. No technical issues. Just, I don't know what to say. It's, it's all good. All right. So, 4th of July. Hope everybody had a great 4th of July. Super important um, uh, holiday. It's like one of my favorites. I... It's never chill at my house for 4th of July, especially since my son likes to light off fireworks. But now it's really become not about um, gathering with my friends anymore. It's about gathering with his friends and my daughter's friends, which is fun. I mean, who doesn't love hanging out with kids? I, I mean, the only people that I have personally there is my sister and her family, my mom, obviously, Aaron. And his wife, who I would say her name, Naz, but just in case nobody knows who I'm talking about, but whatever. And then, obviously, Heather and Travis and her family. But it was a full crowd. It was a wild scene. We have, uh, we're going to share with you. Like, okay, Monday, Heather, Monday, Heather and I and um, a group of us went out fishing. That was fun. If you're Facebook friends with me or Instagram friends with me, you got to see the pictures of it. Caught some big things. Wasn't that a Goliath grouper that we caught? Yeah. That that sucker was huge. It was a Jewfish. Thank you, Norma. Isn't They're called it also the same. called a Goliath grouper. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but that's what they were calling it, a Jewfish. Yeah, that thing was huge. How big do you think that thing was? Ty told me five to six hundred pounds, possibly. Five to six hundred pounds. I should have had that picture on there for people who didn't see it. But just become Facebook friends with me or Instagram friends with me. You'll get to see it. It was a wild scene. And then, so uh, Monday, that was an impromptu trip. We didn't know. We found out Sunday afternoon we were going on that trip. So, like, all of our schedules had to be rearranged. And... Um, which I don't even know how Nick did it because they said they needed Nick to go on the trip. I don't even know how Nick, well, he owns his own business, but whatever. That it was 4th was of probably... July, so he was going to be closed anyway. Oh, was it? No, wait, this wasn't 4th of July. A holiday, though. Oh, so he was going to be closed Monday and Tuesday? That's how that worked. Okay, because I was like, how is he doing that? But that's, that was pretty awesome. Um, so really impromptu, really quickly, we all rearranged our schedules and went on that great trip, but I was exhausted by the end of the day. Well, not exhausted from being tired from being in the sun, but I, me and Heather both said, it's so relaxing. Like Heather gave a great analogy. It's like getting a massage, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Heather's shaking her head. Yes. So, you know, what we're going to make them do no. go on camera. <laughs> So you can actually see her because I'm conversating with her. See, you, when you <laughs> shake your head, yes, nobody knows what the heck is going on, including I have to look you at you. You had it handled, though. You were answering it perfectly. You didn't need me. Yeah, I do need you. So you, ana- you had the analogy. Don't look at her like, oh, Lord. <laughs> That's what she does all the time with me, like, oh, Lord. Um, like, that was a great analogy. Not like a Heather, our Heather not you, our other Heather who gives us massage, which right. are Thai and deep tissue. That's not a massage, people. That's torture. That's torture. If anybody's ever had a Thai or deep tissue massage, you know that's not relaxing. That's, that's nothing but somebody, like, getting all their aggression out. If you're married, like, while they're working on you, they're, like, hating the other person, and they're taking it all out on you and your body. That's what it feels like. It's horrible. It's horrible. Horrible. Yeah. But you feel so good afterwards. So good. But it's hor- it is horrible. Um, but this was more like a Swedish. Isn't that what it what that, those are? A Swedish massage, which was like. <laughs> I, don't I came even home and took a two-hour nap. I don't remember even saying it was like a massage. You did. You said that that's it's as relaxing as a massage. Oh, okay. I was like, that's, that's so good. You were probably delirious. Possibly. You were tired. You actually fell asleep shortly thereafter on I the did. boat. Okay. On the way home, she fell asleep. Maybe I was talking in my sleep. No, you boat. were perfectly awake. Okay. 100%. But, okay, so um, last night, I'm going to share, whether you want it or not. It's not all about questions sometimes. It's all about me sometimes. But 4th of July, 
like I said, I love Fourth of July. Now, Heather and her family have been with me for Fourth of July since they got home, since you guys returned back to Florida because they lived in Texas and Virginia for a while. But this is too low for me. Am I going to screw you up if I move nope. it? Okay. Whatever you need. All right. So, like, everybody knows that her daughter, Brinley, is like my baby. So this is, Brinley comes and sits with me because she had to leave the pool because my dog was going crazy because my, my dog thinks that Brinley's his person. Like, we can't even hold Brinley in my dog's presence because he freaks out. Like, don't touch my, my child. Don't touch my girl. He's that bad. Is he not, Heather? He's, He's bad. Yes. He's horrible. So Brinley and I t- showed the picture of me and Bryn last night. That's us. Now she's got her little earmuffs on because she don't like it. This It's too loud for you. Right, Brinley? Brinley's here today. Um, and then this is Brinley in 2018. Look at the, how time flies, people. Look at the, her. That's my girl in 2018 on 4th of July. Is that crazy? That is so crazy to me. She's gotten bigger. She's beautiful. Um, then fireworks began. And that was a scene all in and of itself. So one of my son's friends decides to light a firework off in the wrong direction. Play it for me, Heather. Tom's fog in the place to keep the bugs because we, we have no pool. Co- Play it again, Heather. We have no pool screen right now. That projectile hit Travis right in the in the butt, r- ricocheted off onto Heather's thigh, <laughs> and sent Brimley right into the house, <laughs> where she proceeded to watch the fireworks from the rest, well, not rest of the night, but until she could actually get back into the pool, because the dog went back into the house. Um, she watched him from the window. <laughs> and uh, are you scarred from that? I know Norma, Norma like ripped off skin because it hit Norma too. I think I have a mark, but I haven't, I can't really see that area. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So nothing like a little danger on 4th of July, but it's better than what um, Logan was just telling us. Her husband is uh, with a sheriff's department in the area and he was out looking for a finger last night. Tell us. Um, yeah, someone blew off a few of their fingers, so he was dispatched out into the field to go look for Fine them. fingers. That's frightening and disgusting. All this. Like I said to Logan, like, you can't put the finger back on now. Like, what's the point in finding the finger? I don't know. Like, I think what's you the can. point? You might I think be able you can to try. if it's fast No, no, no. Enough. I think it's, like, within, like, 45 minutes to an hour. Our like, first responders are on, quick. Yeah, if you put them on ice and you get them there. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it's, it's been on probably on the ground for a while. I wouldn't want to put them back on. I wouldn't be putting that th- sucker back on. <laughs> Just go fingerless. Yeah. I mean, oh my goodness. But then, then the finale. We had. I mean, it was my son and his friends really did a great job. Go ahead. Where's the finale? up job that was good wasn't it heather it was this year was fun yeah this year was a really good one and we have neighbors that are starting to be a part of it so we can see their fireworks all over the place oh yeah yeah that's true they waited till we were done with ours they did and then they clapped for ours they did clap for ours oh absolutely several times they were clapping i didn't hear i heard somebody singing they don't have a good singing voice (laughs) at all i heard somebody from across the the lake singing and it's like my operatic voice that I do that I'm joking about. And theirs was dead serious. That you did on the boat the other day? Yeah, that I did yeah. on the boat the other day. Special. But oh my gosh, they are not a good singer. So they should not have been singing at all. It's pretty bad. I think that's it. Is that it all of my, me sharing, Heather? Yes. Okay. Now here's the thing. We're going to hit some questions, but I'm going to go back. Because I'm not kidding you, it has bothered me. To no end, um, sorry, my general contractor is, was just in the window. Um, it has bothered me to no end, one of the questions. I've, like, and Tracy was so sweet because Tracy was like, if this happened, I, we've, we're on number, let me see, what number am I on? 48. 
If you're on number 48 and you only feel like you got to go back to one question because you didn't explain it that well, you're doing pretty good. So I felt a little bit better about that because I was like, gum, I feel like I did not do good on that question at all. Like it, it didn't even convey like I wanted it to at all. So we're going to go back to the question that said, who would it be an example today of the people Jesus was talking about in Matthew seven nineteen through 23? So they had good fruit, meaning they cast out um, demons, prophesied, and done many wonders. Okay. Now, the reason why I didn't answer this question very well is because I was trying not to name names. And when I go into this, name names of people, name names of churches, name names of denominations. But I feel like I'm in the clear. I'm not going to name names. I'm not even going to name names of churches, but I am going to name denominations because I feel like that's okay. But at the time, I wasn't sure like what, because you have to be very careful about speaking out against people and other churches. I mean, you got to be really, really careful about that stuff. But I feel in my heart, and if I'm missing it, God knows that my purpose isn't, my heart's right when I do this. But I feel an urgency. And that's one of the reasons why I'm going back to this question. I feel an urgency with the time in which we live in that people are going to be led astray and they're not even going to know that they're led be, being led astray and they're going to not be ready and they're going to fall prey to false teaching to false prophets and it'll all be cut be because of the wokeness that's going on in the church today which is very very dangerous so i'm compelled to talk back back about this because i feel a sense of responsibility that's the reason why we're going back to it. So Matthew seven nineteen through 23 says, Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by your fruits you will know them. I never knew you. Not everyone, which is the title, I never knew you. So I'm reading the scripture that was asked in the question for anybody who doesn't remember this from Friday or is brand new tuning in. It says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. What we're going to do is look at the scripture above that because that talks about the false prophets, okay? Matthew seven fifteen through 20, true and false prophets. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree tree cannot bear bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus by their fruit, you will recognize them. So I'm just going to give you a, a few examples. Um, what's going on in the churches today is not good. And most churches, I mean, we, we see it because a lot of them closed for COVID. And they did it under the guise of Romans uh, 3.13, I think it is, where it's, oh, you were to obey the, the our ruling authorities, which um, that doesn't apply because we, are, we are, have to obey the Constitution, and the Constitution says we have the right to, to assembly, to assemble ourselves. So what a lot of, of these pastors did, so because they were cowardly and they didn't want to stand up against the government— or stand up against uh, their congregation, or they were more concerned about their reputation, um, they closed. Instead of, what does the Word tell us? The Word says, by His stripes we are healed. The Word tells us, Psalm 91, nothing by any means will touch us. Um, Instead of following, there's so many scriptures, right? 
to bind and to loose. Instead of following those scriptures, a lot of times pastors today aren't even using scriptures in their teachings or in their preaching. Um, they're, they're actually copying and pasting messages off the internet. They don't read the Bible anymore. They memorize a message that they've pulled off of the internet. Their lifestyles are reflecting this. Back in my, uh, I'll give you two examples. And this happened way when I was younger. Like I was in my teenage years where the church that I went to, both the pastor and his wife, both had affairs at two different times. If you knew them well, their lifestyle, the things that they said, that's why I was speaking about the words that people say. Um, Sometimes um, it's lewd joking, it's inappropriate speaking to the opposite sex, um, it's the language that they use, like cursing and things like that. It, these are signs of things that sh- are like out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. That's why I use that scripture, because you can know someone's heart by the words that they say. Now, is that always an indication? No, it's not. I mean... Um, I don't cuss, but do I know people who do cuss that are Christians? Yeah, I do because, uh, I don't, I don't agree with it. And if I could, and it was, a, and if I could say that cussing was a sin, I absolutely would, because in my eyes, it is so damaging to, to, to say anything that Jesus wouldn't say. I think it's damaging to your witness, but are there people out there doing far more for the Lord that use language that I would never use. Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. And there, and God will welcome them uh, into heaven, saying, "Well done, good and faithful servant." Cussing's not a sin, is it? Wise? No. It's just like drinking. Is drinking a sin? No, it's not. But does it ruin your witness? Yes, because uh, people can accuse you of being tipsy, or you license them they themselves to drink. Also, if you drink. Uh, in excess, it is a sin. What part, what, what place does, uh, where does it end? Where does it begin? I mean, you really have to know yourself. You really have to know uh, when to stop. Most people don't. So there's just so many different things. It's like uh, when we were um, out on the boat this weekend, one of the captains was telling me that, uh, or no, 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 somebody else was telling me this uh, that goes to, um, these churches, I'm going to just name a church, uh, a church denomination, Associated of Related Churches. It's a very weak, woke gospel. Uh, if you go into, if you go and look up Associated Related Churches, you'll see where um, they have it, where you can buy all your messages. You, they have ser- sermon series you buy for the month, or X number of weeks. You teach on those things. Um, it's all written out for you. They sell you the graphics. They sell you uh, the growth tracking to help you build your church. I mean, it's a very business-oriented, but you could say that about other denominations as well. But I will tell you this, that a lot of like the church that we're in right now, which was a Baptist church, they buy, they, they have, they buy their sermons from the Associated Related Churches. We had all their junk sitting in one of the uh, rooms that we have here, like, Cannot tell you what are you what do they call those? They're not poster boards, are they? But Heather, what was that stuff we were throwing away of theirs? That was just there was so much of that just crap. signage. Yep. It's signage for that sermon series, but am I? It's not just signage. It's like it's their graphics. It's like when you walk in, it is signage. You're absolutely right, like Heather. At the movies. Yeah, like at the movies, like summer playlists, like Despicable Me. Right. Um, a lot of times they take these, they'll, it's like um, they'll change slogans and words and they'll make them so that it's very trendy or whatever. It's just ridiculousness. But a lot of denominations from Assemblies of God to Church of God to Baptist to like you name it, they are going and they're buying these messages off of this, off of this website, these websites, um, none of it has very minor amounts of scripture in them, and um, it, it's a very dangerous. 
I wouldn't even say Associated Related Churches is an adomin- a denomination. It's just a kind of, uh, I know it's very um, eternally secure. I know that the people who write it, I know the pastors that write it, it's um, and write these sermons and stuff like that. It's It's more entertainment. Yeah, and it goes with the scripture that I'm going to give later. But it's very damaging because, like, like uh, one of these churches that somebody was telling me about, and I, when I re- when I'm talking about churches, I'm talking about a lot of what I'm going to tell you about is what's happened in my area. But I will tell you this: that I know people who live all over the place, and they say they don't have anything in their area. Like what we have in our area, like in our area, there are 26 churches that are associated related churches just in our area. Those aren't the ones that are listed as Assembly of God, Baptist, none of those. That's not, they're still, they have their name. So if you want to know if your church is using uh, this material, all you got to do is type in the title of whatever your sermon series is for the month or whatever. And you can, if you pull it up, you'll probably see it under sermons.com. There's a bunch of other um, places that they put them, but yeah, you'll find out that you're a copycat. And all they do is memorize. A lot of times there's places where they tell you where to laugh. So it's it's a it's a very uh it's very scripted. Um but but just in our little area alone, it's twenty six. There was, it might be more than that, but this person was telling me that that went to one, they were told you can absolutely if you're on staff or if you're in leadership, you can absolutely drink, but don't ever post it on social media. You can even do it in town, but make sure it's, I mean, it's like such compromise. It's just ridiculous. But, um, but a lot of these, so what I would say to you is, uh, for, for an example, oh, another, um, and when that, all that happened when I was younger, I left the church because I wouldn't, I didn't follow man, but it took a while for them to, uh, it was just not a good scene. I didn't follow the man, um, but I was just like, I'm out of here. So that's one of the things a false prophet can damage the body of Christ. Another time I was underneath um, a pastor and and his wife, and that pastor and his wife, his wife for many, many years, which she's come around and she's gotten her life right the last time I heard, so kudos to her, but um, I was having affairs her language was terrible. She cussed like there was like, she got upset. She was cussing. There was drug use. There was alcohol use. And those are things that, you know, and by the time that was revealed, which I had told Tom at the time, I was like, I think something's going on here. And he was like, no, no, no. And I'm like, no, I'm telling you something's going on. <laughs> I Oh, because there was inappropriate talk. But with the opposite sex. So those are signs that you look for. And that's what I was trying to say. And I'm going to continue on. But those are the, the signs that you look for as far as false prophet goes. Um, can people redeem themselves? Absolutely. Are gifts and callings irrevocable? Right. They're not. So um, these pastors that had affairs and stuff like that, their gift and their calling is not irrevocable. Hopefully they re- they're redeemed and they fix it and then they continue to be used for God. But if they don't, don't follow people like that. It, they're very dangerous. They hurt the body like there's no tomorrow. I mean, if you look at a, a pastor in New York, he has a documentary on him right now. If the people in his church was tens of thousands of people, how people that were sitting in that church did not know what was going on underneath his ministry, and they continue to follow him. I have no idea. Pictures all over the place in magazines of him in attire that was completely inappropriate. Conversations with the opposite sex that were completely inappropriate. I mean, people are coming out now that attended the church and say are saying, like, not good. Had affairs with women in the church and stuff like that. People know these things and sometimes they keep it quiet, but our inner spirit, we know. We know things and we choose to ignore them either because we like the figure of the individual in front of us. He says the things we like to hear or she says the things we like to hear. Um, They're very charming. They're very charismatic. They're like, they make us feel good. 
That's not what church is all about. That's not what you're there for. The wokeness is not what we're there for. Um, I just read an article uh, today where the AME church is dealing with uh, the LBGTQ community saying that they are, uh, although they're inclusive um, to the gay, to gay, the, the, the homosexual lifestyle, they are, they have issues with them because they'll allow us to come in and sit and um, listen, but they don't preach on uh, and embrace the struggles of the LGBTQ. So now they want to hear it from the pulpit that it's acceptable, it's allowable. You look at the Methodist church, they have gays in the pulpit right now. They're putting homosexuals in the pulpit, and it's splitting the denomination. What's happening in the Methodist church is people are drawing a line in the sand. The Methodists were Pentecostal. That's how it started out. They were Pentecostal. They believed just like we do, speaking in tongues and everything. What's happening is there's... It's breaking the whole denomination apart. You have the ones that are strict gospel, believe in the word of God, and then you have the ones that have gone woke and that are com- are compromising and embracing sin. And um, it's very, very dangerous. I've had a family member who is a Methodist pastor and basically told my dad that you're uneducated. I went to seminary. The Bible is evolving and changing. Oh, that's funny because it says it's it's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if it said it was wrong then, it's wrong now. I don't think you need to go to seminary to know that. And they're but sending people straight to hell. Sending street people yeah. straight to hell. Mm-hmm. Sending people. Mm-hmm. And that's why I feel compelled to go back to this because I just didn't answer the question at all the way that it needs. People need to be woken up. Their families need to be woken up. These churches are... I told my husband when um, the Associated Related Churches started, I told him, the word is very clear in Hebrew. It says, um, he will not come unless the great falling away away takes place. And I said, they're going to play a part in the great falling away because of their teaching. It's very permissive. Um, In fact, we have a, a, the Episcopalian Church is the only one that allows gays in the pulpit, big time. Um, We are, we have a church in town that um, I was just found out um, that like the I'm not going to go into it because I'm I'm going to leave that one alone. But basically, so permissive that when people come in with problems uh, from lifestyle, sinful lifestyle problems, they don't tell them that they need to 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 get their lives right. It's basically, you'll work it out. You'll get through it. How do you do that? They least, These people leave, and if they die in that sin while they're trying to work it out, but they don't know how to work it out, because, because the and they cuss like there's no tomorrow while they're preaching. Like, they're cursing while they're preaching. I'm like, what? And this is a church that looks just like ours. Sounds like ours, except for they don't believe in the laying of hands. They do believe in speaking in tongues, but... But it's all permissible, and they do not address uh, sin. I would. Um, Heather's going to play for you, and I'm going to stay on. It's like a, a three minute sermon. Kenneth Hagen was so ahead of his time. He saw this, and he talks about. I just was listening to this message. I think it was last yesterday. I think it was yesterday, or it might have been. I finished it. I sent it. I was listening to it yesterday, and I told Tracy, I was like, pull this for me. Um, this was going on back in his time. It's so pervasive though today because it's just like sin. Uh, It's like the yeast, you know, a little leaven ruins the loaf. So yeast grows. And after a while it grows at a very rapid pace. That's what we're seeing today. Um, but while you listen to this, I'm also going to be on the screen because, um, it's not a video or anything. It's just, I, it's one of those podcasts that actually it's just audio. So Heather, will you play that for me real quick? Everybody listen to this. Well, who's the real eye? We established that last night. The real eye is the inward man. It's a spirit of man. It's a man on the inside. Paul didn't perceive it mentally. He didn't perceive it physically. But in his spirit, he had this witness. I perceive that this voice. Every Christian ought to have that kind of spiritual perception. 
That's not a manifestation of gifts of the Spirit. Amen? It's not a manifestation of the word of knowledge. Has nothing to do with discerning of spirits. Every Christian ought to have a certain amount of spiritual discernment. I'm absolutely appalled at a lot of people. And I, you know, we know, I know when the Holy Ghost speaks to me. I know that when the word of knowledge operates, operates through me more than any other gift of the Spirit. All of these uh, 50 years, this next year will be 50. I don't know when that comes. But I know that, that inward perception. I know my wife and I were holding a meeting in a certain city. And uh, th th there was uh, two young men evangelists that were holding meetings in the same city. One of them had preached for us. In our church. And he came by to visit us one night. We started revival. This is the last week of their revival. First weeks of ours. And we went out to eat. We had no Saturday night service. They had Saturday night service. So we went to visit. Just through courtesy more or less. And I said to her. Let's wait and just go in late. I don't want to say anything. Don't want them to recognize me. Just So we slipped in. Sat down. Really the building. We got the last two seats. just inside the door. And they were carrying on with the service and going on. And I just, and people just shouting, praising God and going. And I began to weep. And I said to my wife, i got to get out of here. Dear God, don't these people know? Here's a Pentecostal church full of gospel people. Don't they know those young men are not right with God? Don't they know that's not the Holy Ghost operating through them? Something's wrong. You say, how do you know? You got a revelation? No, didn't have any revelation. I perceived it. We got up and slipped out just as quick as we could. Wasn't very long after then, till we, uh, we we knew that in that in that meeting they had to call both both of them are young ministers with this particular denomination, and they had to call both of them on the car. We got one of them got a young lady pre pregnant during the meeting, and the other uh, got off with a young man in homosexuality. But they're up there performing. So many Pentecostals, bless their heart, are so gullible they can't tell where folks are performing or acting in the spirit. And we got mostly performance. Don't shout me down now just because I'm preaching real good. All right, there you go. Boom. He said it. No one's perceiving. No one's perceiving. No one's in tuning, um, putting themselves in tune with the Holy Spirit to say, am I, am I getting the true word of God or am I being, like Heather said, entertained? There was a big revival here in Lakeland many years ago, probably probably 15 years ago. And, I mean, people were just going there in droves. So many people from our church, some of our leadership were going there, and we warned them against it. We, we watched it because it was on TV. We watched it, and me and my husband immediately in our spirit, we're like, something's not right with this this guy. Something is not right. And these revival meetings went on for like mm, two or three months or something like that. At the end of them, it was found out. And even, here's the thing, I will tell you this. Um, big name, big name pastors came here to Florida. And he was having, this guy was having these tent meetings. Big name. If I named them, you go, oh my gosh. Big name pastors were coming down and they had a service and where they laid hands on him, blessed him, and pretty much uh, brought him into the fold and said, what you're doing is is amazing. It's under, the, uh, under God's leadership, all this other stuff, right? And I said to my husband, I'm like, how in the world can these people not sense something's not right? Like spiritually, this is not right. There's something wrong with this. And it wasn't because like, like I'm not, at the time, even at the time, I wasn't big into the revival movement. It had nothing to do with that though. It had everything to do with knowing that there was something not right with the man spiritually. It came, to, it came to find out um, at the very end, because it had to be shut down, that the man was absolutely having an affair with his wife's, I believe it was the assistant, or the woman was his baby's children's babysitter. I can't remember which, what position she held. 
But it was came to find out that him and his wife got the uh, divorce and he ended up marrying this woman. But I literally said to Tom, how can these men that are so spiritually and so godly and considered to be in tune with the Holy Spirit, how can they not know something is not right with this man? Lo and behold, because we are to perceive, we are to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. We don't just like somebody because they look good on the outside or they sound really great. And I like what they're saying and they, they're doing a good cause or whatever it is. I mean, lots of people back people because for a variety of reasons, whatever, like if you're a, if you're a person that's a humanitarian, you may go after somebody who does humanitarian efforts like missionary missions and stuff like that. So your church is very mission minded. So you're all in because that's your heart. You're a humanitarian, but the people you're following could be a false prophet. You have to be in tune with the Holy Spirit just because something looks and sounds great does not mean that that's what God would have you to follow, let alone are they preaching the true word of God or are they just tickling your ears? And, you know, um, that's where we're responsible because Tracy said, Tracy, when I was talking to her about this, Tracy said such a great thing to me. She said, what I would love for you to, when you ask, when you go back to this question, what I would love for you to ask people is, how, ask them, how can I be confident that when I get to heaven, Jesus won't say to me, depart from me, I never knew you. It's powerful. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I never, because just, just because it's for the false prophet doesn't mean that Jesus won't be saying that to regular people that sit in the pew. Um, you're responsible for your actions. You're responsible for the things that you say. You're responsible for the things that you don't say the things that you go along to get along. Like, you're responsible if you're a coward. That seems to be so prevalent today is cowardice-ness, which in Revelation is very clear. Those who are cowardly will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Like, we are to be bold as a lion. And sometimes being bold as a lion means doing what's not easy and calling people out on the things that aren't right. For me, if your pastor is not preaching the word of God and not doing what is right in the eyes of God, it is in a respectful, honoring way. If they're in sin or if they're compromising, you need to call them out and say, what are you doing? Like in love, but just be like, what are you doing? I can't be under this ministry if you're going to live a lifestyle like this. And if they're sinning, somebody needs to, like they're having an affair, they need to be... called out they shouldn't even be in the pulpit and expel the wicked man from among you and it says if you do that then you might be able to win them back to the lord that's why you do it not because you want to penalize them or pay them back so that they can get saved no one should rejoice at somebody falling everyone should be rejoicing at being redeemed we should never ever like it when somebody falls from grace that is not what it's about. What it is about is falling from grace so that they can be saved, so that they can get things right with God. But a lot of times we're a very vengeful people and we rejoice in the wrong, not rejoice in the the thing that's so much more important, which is the coming back and getting things life, life right with God. No one should be happy if anyone's... Um, Eternity will be spent in hell. I mean, if I, I say this all the time, but if you understood what hell is like, you wouldn't want your worst enemy there. And for me, I find that most churches today, narrow is the way and few there be that find it, but most churches today are not preaching the true word of God. And they have so many people that will not inherit the kingdom of heaven because of the weak teaching. Now, is it the person's responsibility that's sitting in that pew to, to be reading their word? checking things out, making sure that it correlates with the word. Yeah, absolutely. Ultimately, it's their responsibility, and ultimately, they'll be the one that sends them to hell. But pastors hold a greater, higher um, accountability, and they have to uh, 
they have to really be careful about what they say and they are not saying. It says do not add or subtract from the word. So we are not to leave things out because it will make our church grow. We're not to add things to it so our church will grow. Um, Second Timothy, and I'm going to tell you, this is the reason why. I'm going to give you two scriptures why people are doing, living the lifestyle that they are. Second Timothy 4.3 says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. People don't want to hear it anymore. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap for themselves teachers. So that scripture right there is basically saying that the people, not just the false prophet, but the people will heap to themselves false teachers because of their itching ears. They don't really want to hear the true word of God. But if you're different and you're sitting in a church and you're like, something just don't feel right, I would strongly suggest you look at what you're being taught, where the pastor is getting it. It should be the truly inspired word of God. Every week that pastor should be saying to the Lord, Lord, what is the message that you have for my congregation this week? What do you want me to teach them this week? What is your inspired word? Give it to me. It's a lot of pastors are so busy doing busy work. They're, they don't slow down long enough to pray, to seek the Lord and to find out what's best for their congregation. I'm not saying that they're not praying. I'm not saying that they're not reading their Bibles. What I am saying to you is that they're not doing what's best for their congregation and finding out what they should be preaching and teaching. And a lot of them will not preach and teach what really should be pre preached and taught because it would diminish their congregation to a great scale. But I'm, I think, like, of that, are those arc churches... The pastors themselves aren't doing that. They're buying it on the internet. So yeah. they're not even telling their congregation that. No, most congregations don't they know need that to do they're, it. Yeah, most congregations don't know that they're they're that what their pastor is preaching to them is actually being paid for off the internet. Right. They don't even know that the pastor's not writing that information not writing that message. He's just memorizing it. Some of them don't even memorize it. Some of them literally read it or, or they put it on a, a PowerPoint. I know, uh, I have a relative who told me that they went and visited a church. And the pastor there told them, because they were visiting the church, and they actually knew the pastor from the church they were coming to, that that pastor that, that they were going to visit was a pastor that would come down to their church and preach at so they went out to lunch with them, that pastor, and he basically, he, he, when he taught, they all, all these pastors shared the same curriculum, the same sermons. They would just share them with each other. So they, like, I don't know if it's so that they would only have to buy one package. And then they all, like, shared the different messages. And they were all on PowerPoint. And they basically read, this one read it word for word for word. And he said, like, he had a church of maybe 200 people or something. He was like, I can make a good living off of 200 people. I'm telling you, people, it's not good what's out there in the churches today. For sure. And people think, like, if you tell them the truth and you tell them, like, your church is not good, like, Tom now says this, and I'm just like, oh, my gosh. He's, I, I kind of want to laugh because it's so honest. But I'm like, might be a nicer way to say that. But he literally, when people will say, because uh, he's told him, ask me if, if you're, I'll tell you the truth about your church because we know about all the churches in the area. And he'll say, ask me, and I'll tell you if it's a good church or it's a bad church. And he hasn't said one nice thing about any, really, because any, a lot of people come from the same ones. He's like, basically, he'll say, that's a garbage church. Yeah. And it is. Because, first of all, there wasn't anybody in this area that stayed open. They all closed. If they stayed open, they mitigated off the charts. And, um, and they bought into the stuff. So, um, but most of the churches in the area, almost all of them, almost every single one of them in this area, because I, I pull them up if I drive by and I see their placard. Or, you know, I don't know, somebody will tell me, that they came from a church aisle, I always, sometimes I'll go, let me see what their sermon series are. Haven't seen one yet that hasn't typed one off. That's a lot. Can I tell you what happened when Put we you guys on the church, camera. 
So because since we're going to talk. Did what? I tell you what happened when I, we visited a church in Louisville? No. Um, the regular pastor was on vacation, which strike one, my pastors don't go on vacation. So why should you, but uh, <laughs> that's, we right. really don't go on vacation. Yeah. So they were on vacation. So there was an assistant pastor who was doing the sermon and he did this big production show. There were slides with like different cars and it, talking about relationships. We left there and I found it on sermon.com. And I was so disappointed because this was a recommended church in the area that Jonathan Shuttlesworth has been to, but I think it was because they had an assistant pastor. They weren't ready for him to just be Holy Spirit led, but you can tell when he got away from what he was reading, it was good. Mm -hmm. He was Holy Spirit led, but then he went right back to his, his reading. Well, and they might be, they might be a sermons.com church, but to have Jonathan come in speaks volumes because there's hope. Like me, do you, do you honestly think that anyone from Revival Today is copying and pasting a message. No. <laughs> Not happening. No. Not happening at all. I mean, and the river, you think Pastor Rodney for a second, or even a Pastor Donica, oh none goodness. of them yeah. would ever type a message. They would be so, it's beneath them. Like they, they, they literally would be like, I have to ask somebody, or I have to look, I'm not smart enough to listen to the Holy Spirit, I I don't have enough going on for me that I have to pull up a message because I can't be creative enough in thought to come up with a message. It would be so flat and boring. Oh my gosh, they are. They are, but but, and that's pathetic that that happened. But I will say, if you're willing to bring in someone like Jonathan, then you have a fighting chance of coming out of it. I mean, they were full gospel church they were prosperity and everything so i was impressed by that but their message just it was a lot of them are like i'm telling you the assemblies so of god in the area the assemblies of god in this area they all do it they all i don't know of one assemblies of god that doesn't pull their messages from sermons.com in the area they did a giveaway too which i thought i'm not opposed yeah i know and i'm not opposed <laughs> to giveaways i'm opposed to why you're doing the giveaway that's, that's how they keep them in the church. That's how, yeah. yeah. I'm opposed to that. What does Tom say? Face paint. What does he always say? Oh, man. Yeah, giveaways. Face paint and... I can't remember. But it's something like yeah, that. okay. <laughs> but it is something like that. I'm like, if you can't draw them in on sheer, the sheer gospel, and you have to give a, do a giveaway to get them in, you're in big trouble. But I will say, there's a lot of... A lot of churches, not a lot. There's churches that I love and admire. They do giveaways, but that's not the reason why they do giveaways. They don't have to do the giveaway. People are running there in droves with the, without the giveaway. It's just a perk. And they would come with or without the giveaway. Yeah. It's yeah. like when I do uh, the ladies' conference, I'm doing giveaways, but nobody's going to be coming to the ladies' conference to get, to get something. They're not. It's not how it works. But a lot of people have to give something away in order to get people in the doors because they're not different. They're like everybody else. And then they just shuffle and share all their, the same people. They just move from one church to the next church. They're all sharing. They're not winning the lost, which is that's really what the Great Commission is all about, winning the, winning the lost discipling believers. But they're not. It's very, very bad. I've spent one whole hour on this question, and I don't feel a lick bad about it. Because I'm just telling you, I am so concerned about the body of Christ, and I am so concerned about people going to heaven and going to hell. And they're not going to know. People legitimately are going to think they're going to heaven, and they're going to these woke, mediocre, uh, bad churches. They're bad. And they're going to think they're going to heaven, and they're thinking that they're... They're like taking the the gospel by storm. You're not taking nothing because that ain't even the gospel. So share, share, share this because oh, yeah. lots of people need it. Mm-hmm. Way a lot of people need it. Even if you're going to offend your friends, share it. Amen. Yeah, it, it's exa- exactly right. But I'm going to tell you, this last scripture should confound people. And Tom says this, and when he first said it to me, when he first said it in a message, I was like, but then I started really dis- 
dissecting the scripture and I was like looking at it in light of today and I'm like, oh my gosh, which I don't think you guys have the scripture, by the way, because I added it in at the very end. It's Joshua. You don't have that one, do you? I don't. Uh-uh. Because I was working on this, like I kept, God kept giving me more and more and more and more stuff for this. I literally did the, I added this in probably about an hour and a half before I came to the podcast because the, I'm not kidding me when I tell you the Lord will not let me go on this. Now, after I, after we do this, this teaching and stuff like that, if people decide to go where they want to go and everything's okay, it's okay. You know, if you don't want to examine the leadership and find out if they're all that they're claiming to be, all they're called to be, and you're just in a very weak church, but that's just where you're going to go and you're going to raise your family up in that, then so be it. I mean, but I've done my part to try and snatch as many people from these very I just want, I feel, I feel bad saying they're garbage churches, but they're garbage because they're not doing, they're not preaching the word of God at all. Um, but if you decide to stay there, so be it, you know, and Kesara, whatever will be, will be. That's not on me anymore. I will feel so released because I'm not kidding you how I walked away from here on Friday and I felt ick. I went back and I watched the podcast and I knew why I felt ick because I was like, I did not do what I should have done, which is go as the lengths that I'm going right now. So I won't feel ick anymore though. Let me tell you, Joshua 24, 15, everybody needs to write that scripture down and ask yourself this question. You need to really ask yourself this question. And if it seems evil to you, to serve the Lord. Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And you sit there and go, I don't understand that. That makes no sense to me. Joshua is saying this to the Israelites. And the Israelites are always wanting to go back to Egypt and serve the gods of the Egyptians and stuff. Um, you'll clearly remember how they made um, Anna, um, Aaron make a calf, a golden calf, always looking for something outside of God. And Joshua was and uh, Joshua and uh, I can't remember. It starts with the C. I want to. I keep wanting to say cable, but it's not it. Joshua and no, that's Cain and Abel. Caleb, golly, man, I for some reason had a brain block. Joshua and Caleb were the only ones that went over into the promised land and said, we can take them. And everybody else was saying they're like giants. Joshua and Caleb knew who God was in their lives. And they, what they decided to do is when everybody else was willing to say, listen, we can't beat them. We are like grasshoppers in their sight. Uh, the only reason Joshua and Caleb were able to go into the promised land when everybody else had to wander for 40 years and then uh, everybody from 20 years up died, okay, um, in, the, in the desert. And then they were able to go into the promised land. 40 years of wandering all around. It's like it's no different than COVID, people not being willing to step up and say and proclaim who God was because it seemed evil to them. To say God is more than enough. I stand that everything that I bind is bound. And whatever I say is, is loosed is loosed. I'm not going to be afraid of a virus. I'm not going to close down. I'm not going to not go to church. Because my God shall supply all my needs. He heals all my sicknesses and all my diseases. And Psalm 91 is around my family. It seemed evil to people when COVID came to not put a mask on. Because what will people say? What will we, people think? Am I not a good neighbor and a community partner? Which is everything that a lot of churches were saying. When you serve the Lord, sometimes making really strong stands to other Christians who are very compromising and very weak, you will seem evil to them. Okay? It is evil. The way they believe the word is, it's evil to them to serve the Lord. They have a defense. 
a, a definition of who Jesus is, who God is, and it's their definition, and it's their um, idea of who God is. It's not what the Word says, though. It is not what God says. And I'm just saying to you, if you're going to a church that the Word is not what they teach, it is not what they preach, and it is not what they stand on, and it is very weak, woke, and compromising, get the heck out of that church. If you have children, you are training them up, and it is very dangerous what you're training them up in. And it could be a matter of heaven and hell for them. It's that serious. People think it's you're like you're being dramatic. I'm not being dramatic with you. It is that serious. We live in a time where if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, people think under the guise of love and what the church is preaching is love. If you don't fit that definition of their love, then you are you are not a true Christian, which is their love isn't isn't even close to the definition of what God's love is. So for them, it is evil to serve the Lord. That's the Lord of the word. The word is Jesus. And they think what Jesus' word says isn't truly the real love word message. And for them, it's very dangerous because Joshua 24, 15 fits them perfectly. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord no matter what. If that means it takes my life, it takes my life. I don't care. He is worthy. He gave up his life. I'll give up mine for him. He gave up his for me. I would give mine up for him. And that's just the way it goes. And I, it's uncompromising. And um, I hope, I hope this like penetrates some hearts and minds. And it really brings some revelation knowledge and some clarity. And maybe it's some people have said, you know what? Something hasn't sat right with me about my church, and now I'm understanding it. Or maybe it's just confirmation. Maybe it's just a seed that I have planted today, and you're like, that's not really my church. But maybe over time, the seed's been planted, and you'll start seeing things differently. It's really important where you go. It's very important where you go. It's almost more important that you don't go somewhere and find the right place, and it may take you some time, find the right place to go and just not go for a while. Correct. I mean, don't forsake the assembling of yourself together. I get that, but... But if they're it, sending you straight to hell, it's better to not go. It's like sending your kid to public school. Yeah. Like, everybody's like, I don't want to not have my kid go to public school because they need to be socialized. Socialized with that? Like, are you kidding me? You want, So under the guise of socializing, you'll send your kid to go socialize with kids they have no business socializing with does or that make sense or teachers or teachers teaching them bad stuff it's all the same thing it's far better just to stay home until you can find what god has for you or you move to the place that god would have you go instead of weak and woke huh <laughs> like logan which, Logan, you have to tell your story of how you found this church sometime. Yeah, absolutely. Because that is crazy. I might have to have you do that, like, Friday or something. Okay. Tune in on Friday, because Logan's going to tell you how she found this church, which is pretty wild. It's a pretty wild scene. Yeah. Pretty crazy. People don't understand. Your steps are ordered of the Lord, and, like, that story right there, Yeah. if that don't prove it, <laughs> I don't know. So if you don't know the Lord, now's your time. I have wasted, not wasted, but I have, how many minutes am I over? Four and a half. Four and a half. But actually, I started for five, True. almost so five minutes not later. I'm late. not late at all. You're on time. I'm on time. If you don't know the Lord, or if you walked away from him, and you need to get your life right, now's your time. Say this prayer with me right now. Heavenly Father, I thank you for what you did on that cross. I thank you for dying for my sins. I thank you that you have prepared an eternity for me that is more than my eyes and my mind can conceive. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I thank you that, Lord, you are going to be the Lord of my life. Whatever you say to do, I will do. Whatever you say not to do, I will not do. And I will spend eternity with you forever. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. 
Amen. If you said that prayer, let us know. We want to pray with you. We want to stand with you. And we can even, if there's, depending on where you live, we might be able to hook you up with a really great church. Other than that, thanks for joining me today. I will see you Friday. And uh, that's it. Bye. Real talk.